a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. And the problem that God has with that is that he didn't command it or institute it. He, he, he only wants images that he commands and institutes to be made. And when he makes himself, when, it, when the scripture says that Jesus is the very image of God, then he has made an image of himself for us, Jesus. And if we were to not have pictures of Jesus, then we would be breaking the second commandment. But now all this rests upon this moment and that you must do the right thing in order to reap the benefits of this. If you're going to be forgiven, if you're going to be atoned for, if you're going to get the imputed righteousness of God, you must then do this. And and this is what's so terrible about what we call decision theology is that it, it takes everything away of the gospel and puts it all back on the law. I mean, this is a stop the press sort of thing to see God, you know? Wow! That's amazing! Stop the song! Tell us about that! That's great! Everyone's favorite Lutheran theological game show uh, here. I'm Pastor Evan Gigline here with Man, Pastor Brian Wolf. Who was that nutcase? Uh, I think oh, that was, was that you? That was. I think that was, yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. Someone had got me all worked up about some. By the way, I'm I'm not workable upable today. Uh, I'm having a peaceful, nice, peaceful day, just cruising around Facebook trying to figure out how Jonathan Fisk has so many friends. You told me that you were so, stealing friends. If you're one of Jonathan Fisk's friends. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a friend request from me. <laughs> by the way, pretty soon here, so just expect it. Okay, <laughs> I will expect that. Okay, uh, today's edition of Table Talk Radio. We're gonna be uh, after reading your emails and talking about our buzzwords. Ten commandments in the news. Uh, I should probably get something for that. And then after that, some hashtag theology. This time we're getting the hashtags from you, our listeners, via the antisocial website. And then in the fourth segment hey, of that the is program... A, that is an irony that we're getting our hashtag suggestions from from Facebook. I'm not sure that's right. It's like mixing oil and water. <laughs> if you say so. Okay, anyway. Contemporary and traditional is the last uh, You don't know anything about program. it. What do you mean you know? You don't know anything about it. I don't know if it. it's so much that I don't know or don't care. Ignorant. Because I think it's about equal. <laughs> it's, uh, both not knowing and not caring are both forms of ignorance. <laughs> well, By the way, did you know that, uh, that Rev Fisk, at Rev Fisk and I, are doing a little Twitter fiction? Oh yeah, yeah. You're telling me about that. We're writing pretty, a story. As, I was one pretty line bored at by a time. That. Yeah, that was pretty boring. <laughs> so let's go to more fascinating things like Table Talk Radio's buzzwords. <laughs> oh, my, yeah. My theological. For whole, I forgot about that part. <laughs> How long have we been doing this show? Thanks, Hold on. Let thanks me. to Theopedia.com, my theological buzzword for you is worldview. <laughs> Get this: the term worldview. Oh, no. Literally derives from a German term that means view of the world. <laughs> Dang. It's, I wish deep. if every definition was just as easy as switching the order of the words. That's like snakes on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> what is that about? <laughs> oh, we need we need to rename our show from Table Talk Radio to Oh, I thought of a new bump. Oh, I, I forgot to tell you about this. You're I think the only it's time person for a in the new world that I know contest. interrupts himself. <laughs> we need Remember how we used to have an old bump contest? 
I got because I heard the song the other day that would be perfect for the bump into this show, which is the song, the hymn, "Play That Funky Music, White Boy." <laughs> that and probably white and nerdy. Don't worry, probably, I'm working on it now. Now, what was I saying? What was I saying before I, was I interrupted trying to myself? Tell you what worldview means, and you won't let. Oh, me on. that's right. We need to we need to change the name of our show so it is more obvious. Because Table Talk Radio is again not that obvious what in fact is happening. So, uh, so this is another reason why we need to change the name of our show to Club Rogue River and, um, uh, and change the bump music to play that funky music, White Boy. Which reminds me, uh, there's us kids are going to a school and they have a thing where they can make clubs at the school. Now, what do you think about this? This was inspired by you and your constant going to Club Rogue River. I was gonna, I was suggesting to Hannah that she invent the club club. <laughs> Ah, where the kids go and practice dancing, you know. Nice. The club club. Got it. Got it. Okay, worldview. Okay, worldview. It's the conceptual <laughs> framework. Through... Were you even listening? Yeah. That was like club, seven club. jokes in a row. Yeah. Stream of consciousness jokes coming out it's while writing Twitter fiction. Well, I'm still waiting right. for my application. Continue. Worldview is a view of the world. Uh, it is a conceptual framework <laughs> through which one views all of uh, all of life and evaluates it. So, basically, you 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 look around at yourself and you have certain conclusions, and uh, this is going to be your worldview. Uh, so, let's say you, um, uh, uh, I've got one. You, you're, you're taking a trip uh, through Colorado, maybe to uh, the Four Corners there. Um, and then into uh, into uh, Nevada. No, where's where's the Grand Canyon? New Mexico, uh, Arizona, somewhere, Arizona. Yeah, <laughs> it's by Flagstaff. And you Arizona. you take a look at this huge canyon, and uh, your worldview might affect how you view that thing. If you come, for example, from evolutionary worldview, you might conclude that the uh, Grand Canyon is a result of the Colorado River eroding it after millions and millions of years. If, however, you believe that um, uh, God created this world and uh, you don't need uh, millions and billions of years to uh, give time for the process of evolution and God just created it, um, then you might conclude that that uh, was possibly by result of the flood, that uh, water rushed through the canyon, a whole bunch of water in a little bit of time. Uh, so that's maybe just one example, one maybe poor example of uh, worldview, how worldviews come, in, come into play. I have. Have you seen? I found this now on the on this thing they called the internet about the seven questions that a worldview will answer. Do you know the, know about this? One. What is the ultimate nature of reality? Two. What is the nature of material reality? Three. What is a human being? Four. What happens to a person at death? Uh huh. More on that later. Five. Is it possible to know anything at all? And why? Six. How do we know what's right and wrong? And seven. What's the meaning of human history? Got that? Did you write them all down? No. I'm not going to tell you again. All right. My buzzword for you is inspired by the email that I'm about to read, and it is called intermediate state. Mm, nice. The intermediate state. And this is the state of the, of the soul between death and resurrection. So now we know that uh, we know what to die means. Death is the unnatural rending of body and soul. You're created body and soul, born body and soul, and you are body and soul when you're alive. And then when you die, your body and soul are torn apart 
your body goes to wherever it goes and your soul if you're a believer goes to the face of christ and that is the intermediate state what we sometimes call heaven and it's only temporary it is not eternal because on the last day jesus will take that soul of yours and uh, plug it back into your body and you will be resurrected so intermediate state is my that's why it's intermediate it's between the two the death and the resurrection part so very good if you have comments or questions for us, you can call 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-7652. Or you can send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. And let's go to that phone line. Hi, I think you need to put a new warning on Table Talk Radio. I was baking some cookies today while listening to Table Talk Radio, and this sudden comments caused me to... Uh, you spittle across into the food. So I, you need to say caution. Do not listen to tabletop radio while baking. <laughs> so we have, let's see, we have the Jane treadmill warning, and now we yep. also have the, the cookie baking warning. And who was the guy that dropped the weights on his face? Uh, <laughs> but he didn't tell us his name. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listening to tabletop radio is rather dangerous, so you might want to. No doubt. <laughs> now, I just hope the family uh, isn't listening to this broadcast while enjoying some chocolate chip oh, cookies. My, those cookies were so great. Mom, was that you on the radio? <laughs> then we'll get another voice for us. That's no, and you're not also allowed to eat cookies while listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> All right, Pastor. Do you have an email there? Yeah, here this email comes from Barbara, from uh, from who lives in iPad. It's, it's uh, from the place My iPad. That's what it says. Sent from... My, I've, I've never heard of that, but Sounds international, beautiful. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I just finished Reverend Wolfmuller's book, Final Victory, Contemplating Death and Funeral of a Christian. That Do you even know taken... I wrote a book? Yeah, uh, it probably took about 10 minutes to read that thing. <laughs> I was... <laughs> booklet. It's more like a booklet. Anyhow, uh, Barbara continues, I was wondering why scattering the ashes of the deceased to the elements is discouraged among Christians. This book is an excellent resource. I can't help thinking what a great breakout session or plenary it would be at Higher Things. Uh, I think we've lost this in the church and with our culture of denying death and celebrating life. Hey, it would even make a great discussion on Table Talk. Well, we'll see, Barbara. Thanks yeah, for the that's yet to be. And, and the answer, the reason why it's discouraged is because it's really weird. <laughs> it creeps you know, me out. That's legally, the body, of a, the body of a person who has died, the corpse, um, is to be treated with certain, um, there are certain legal restrictions on what can happen with that body. You need a permit for transportation and all sorts of other things. Uh, once a body is burned, it is no longer legally considered to be a human a body. body. Mm-hmm. And so you can basically do whatever you want with it. Um, and there is some weird stuff that people do with ashes. Uh, some that are particularly strange. You can be made into a diamond and this sort of thing. The reason why we don't want to scatter the ashes but keep them together and bury them preferably is to confess the resurrection. Jesus will pull your ashes together and make a body, but we want to confess that by our funeral service that this body Jesus will raise to eternal life. Yeah, we want to treat the body with some respect. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Talk Radio. 
for those who have tried everything else to get a good night's sleep. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. You know, I was thinking during that break, Pastor Wolf, another reason why um, Christians don't encourage the, the scattering of uh, the cremains, the ashes uh, after cremation, um, is, to, is to observe also that uh, we are made up of both body and soul. There's this uh, continuing idea in our culture today, it's kind of a Gnostic idea, that you are your body is just a shell, and after you die, uh, your spirit goes on, and then you can just cast aside this shell. And so, if that's true, it doesn't matter if you dump it in the ocean or you know have it sitting there on your mantle or a little here, a little there, whatever. Right. But, but rather, we want to uphold the idea that um, our body is is us. <laughs> you are made up of both body and soul. And so you, you you've probably seen this, Pastor Wolfman. You're at a uh, uh, you're at a, a a body viewing before a funeral at the funeral home there, and people come in and say, "Oh, Aunt Mildred, um, uh, that is that is not Aunt Mildred." And you're going, "Oh, then who is it?" Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> that's weird. What's I, there? I thought it was. <laughs> well, of course it is. Uh, th- this is the body that will. Arise from the dead, and so um, to to take great care uh, after the death of a loved one, um, and to to have a place of of burial and and a place that you can visit Aunt uh, Aunt Mildred later, um, it is good, and it confesses uh, body and soul, and it confesses the resurrection. So it, this is why it's a preferred practice. Yeah, that's right. Confess the resurrection, baby. That's why nobody buried people except for the people that believe in the resurrection, like the Jews and. The Muslims, I suppose. Everyone else just burns their dead, throws them out. Right. Okay, Ten Commandments in the news. The way this works is we read the news and we talk about the Ten Commandments. All right. You got one, I'm sure. I thought you did. I do. Here. I uh, Let me pull it up here. Aha. 300 inmates escaped from Chilean prison following deadly 8.2 quake. Did you hear about this? I heard about the earthquake. Authorities lifted... To tsunami warnings, it's a little tricky if you, like me, don't like to miss letters and words to say the word tsunami. (laughs) I'd add a P in there probably if I was really good. (laughs) Tsunami. For uh, Chile's long coastline early Wednesday after magnitude 8.2 earthquake struck the South America's nation's northern coast. Six people were crushed to death or suffered fatal heart attacks, a remarkably low toll for such a powerful shift in the Earth's crust. The earthquake was so powerful, shaking was felt 300 miles away from its center in Bolivia's capital. CBS News' uh, Vicente Arenas reports. The extent of the damage... Do you like how I pronounce that? Vicente Arenas. I, I think that's how they say it. it in yeah. That's how they mm-hmm. say it in Bolivia. The extent of the damage from Tuesday night quite couldn't be fully assessed. Where is the prison part? Oh, here it is. Fully assessed before daybreak, President Michelle Bachelet. That sounds a little French. Said, but she wasn't taking any chances. She declared a state of emergency in the region and sent a military plane with a hundred anti-riot police to join three hundred soldiers deployed escaped prisoners. Uh, it doesn't even say anything about the escaped prisoners. Anyway, apparently some. Um, 
some prisoners escaped from as a woman's prison. Three hundred women escaped from this prison, and one hundred and sixty of them have since been rounded up. At least that's what I heard on the news this morning. Hmm. So there you go. How many prisoners are we dealing with? Three hundred. Three hundred prisoners. Wow. Okay. Well, I gotta in... find a paragraph that actually talks about it. How come the headline says? 300 inmates escaped from Chilean prison, and then it actually is not anywhere in the story. Dear headline writer, get it straight. <laughs> well, okay, so this is this is an interesting thing. So we have this earthquake, 8 point something, 8.1, 8.3, 8. 8.2, uh, which is a big deal. Um, that's a, that's a, quite the shake, right? I mean, walls are yes. breaking down. And uh, and I don't know about building codes, but I, I don't, I mean... We have a particular standard in building codes so that uh, hopefully if there's an earthquake, uh, even a, a, an earthquake of some of some size, some magnitude, that uh, the buildings just won't flat out collapse. Um, you know, they might not be livable after you, after an earthquake, but at least they won't collapse on you. You can at least get out of there. Uh, not so in other countries, but uh, here we have 300 uh, prisoners uh, escaping. Now, this is very similar to what happens in the book of Acts. Do you remember this, Pastor Wolfmuller? Uh, uh, Paul is, is oh, in yeah, prison. Oh, yeah, yeah, when Paul was in prison. I was trying to think of the 300 people in prison. but <laughs> 300 women. <laughs> um, but uh, is, is it an earthquake? Something. Uh, but the, the, the opportunity for, for Paul and those who he's imprisoned with uh, is ready to, uh, uh, I mean, had the opportunity just to walk out and to leave and the jailer there thinks that they're gone, and he's just ready to fall on his sword because he knows that he's going to die if the prisoners have escaped. But uh, Paul assures them, no, no, uh, we're all here. We're, we, we haven't left. Um, and so we see Paul and the prisoners doing there is placing themselves under the authority. Now, you might ask the question, why is Paul in prison? Is Paul in prison? Hey, because... uh, why is Paul in prison? Well, it isn't because he had unpaid parking tickets. Or that he uh, didn't show up for court. It's simply because he was preaching the gospel. Now, this is a, a, a quite the contrast, right? Because there are those who are in prison because they should be. They belong there. They've broken the law of the land. And here Paul is in prison for, for the very thing that, that God has commanded him to do, to preach the gospel. And yet, when the opportunity arises, Paul doesn't escape. He remains in the place that uh, that he that God has put him in this prison, and so the 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 jailer is is ready to fall on his knife, and he said, "Oh no no, we're all here," and the jailer uh, wants to know uh, what he then too can do to become a Christian, and um and Paul tells him to be uh, to be baptized him and his whole household. Okay, so well, authority we have a fourth commandment thing going on here. Yep. Um, we have well boy, what would an earthquake be like a first commandment issue? <laughs> Um, it's a no first article issue. That's a, a thing of sure, creation. Sure, sure. Disaster without will. Mm -hmm. I think that, by the way, is one of the four things that our conscience can know. This is a long time ago. We our conscience can know the sins we commit, the sins committed against us, the sins committed from others to others, and then sin without will. That's the disaster of the world. And we know that hey, something's wrong about that. Um, you mentioned 300 prisoners. Uh, they are in there because they have broken the law. So they have broken probably laws 4 through 10, 
and probably also one through three as well. <laughs> How's that for a stretch? So. Yeah. <laughs> what else? I think you... you got all ten. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. I have a uh, news item for you here that I have not screened, but it is from your favorite news source, Newsy. Here it is. Newsy. Multiple sources. On a day where One anything out of the ordinary probably Newsy. makes you either paranoid or lands you on the wrong end of a prank, a feel-good trick has us smiling on April Fool's Day. Chelsea Roth is no ordinary waitress, and a customer's generosity was no ordinary tip. Organizers of a hidden camera video arranged for Roth to get $1,000, and that was the least of her special day. That's your car. Why are you doing Let's do that? this, because I want to give you a tip today. Who are you? I'm giving you a car. Come on. Let's go. Let's see who's inside. The car and reuniting with an old friend was the culmination of a full day of surprises for Roth. If you're wondering why friends, co-workers, and eventually Break.com wanted to give Roth so much, you have to know her background. A severe eating disorder gave her a stroke as a teenager, so a therapist suggested yoga as a way to keep in shape without burning too many calories. Before I knew it, I'd gained 20, 30 pounds and had done a yoga teacher training and um, was teaching yoga in a juvenile detention center, and, um, and it, it became sort of a... A, a love affair for me. Roth now runs Eat, Breathe, Thrive, a nonprofit organization that uses yoga to help people fully recover from eating disorders and negative body image. Mm. As part of Break.com's <laughs> prank, Roth got the money, the car, two plane tickets for a vacation to Hawaii, and an introduction and to a clinical friends. psychologist who wants to work Roth's yoga into her patient's eating disorder treatment. Gizmodo gushed over Roth's surprise, writing, instead of coming up with idiotic ideas, perhaps all the dumb companies trying to push their stupid April Fool's Day jokes down our throats should start making some actually awesome pranks, like this one. For every 1,000 views each Prank It Forward video gets, Break.com says it will donate $1 to the nonprofit website DoSomething.org with a ceiling of $30,000. For Newsy, I'm Cliff Judy. All right. So, multiple sources. Usually, one story newsy. Usually, when you get a um, when you get pranked, you don't usually get a thousand bucks or plane tickets. Or... It, did they say? I, I'm mostly interested in this. They're gonna send a dollar to the place for every one thousand views of yeah, the video. Right. Mm -hmm. Man, views are about as valuable as table talk radio points. There. <laughs> yeah. So thirty seconds. What about Ten Commandments? Well, uh, so well, you got the eating disorder. That's a kind of a fifth commandment thing, but maybe even something else that that might be related to. That might be uh, eating disorders. Might be the eighth commandment. Uh, kind of gone wild. Just kind of like <laughs> cancer of the eighth commandment. Um, so that you you, you should not. Um, Bear false witness against your neighbor. You protect your neighbor's reputation, uh, and but the but that your neighbor and your own esteem of your own name and your own self-image goes kind of bizarro, so that it starts to hurt yourself. So there's probably some ninth and tenth commandment stuff in there too. Uh, yoga probably gets pretty close to breaking the first, second, and third commandments. Although maybe there's a little bit of room for that. I'm not sure, but we got to try to figure that out. Um, and a thousand bucks. That's seventh commandment. All right. That'll well, probably do it. Take a break. We'll be right back. Shame on me. Shame on me. 
heretics were harmed in the making of this show. Well, physically harmed. And we're back on Table Talk Radio. Hashtag theology is the game we're playing oh, now. Yeah. Why? I don't know. But we're wildly playing. theology, a wi- wildly popular game, by the way. We know that because we got one response from it. Someone said, <laughs> and we figured if eighty hey. percent of our listeners are, uh, <laughs> how is one listener eighty percent? That is mathematically impossible. <laughs> no, no, it's could we have one point two listeners? Mm, that's right. I forgot. Uh, it'd be, okay. I think it'd be more like one point two three or something. Now, I got to work on the math. You have th- now earlier thoroughly... today, earlier this day, I posted a thing on our Facebook that said we're going to play hashtag theology on today's recording. Any Twitter hashtag suggestions? We got loads. We got loads. That's of suggestions offensive. Here. Twitter is so offended right now. How would you? Because because <laughs> I'm asking now. My my favorite one is this. I just tried this. Do you even know yeah. how to look for something on Twitter, or do I have to do all the work? For this show? <laughs> yeah, you're doing a lot of work for this show. Um, I mean, I'm normally I mean, just playing with Twitter and Facebook. That's kind of like so. that's kind of like going to the to your your mom going to the youngest brother saying, "Hey, I'm looking for some new favorite things about your older brother." I mean, that's just rude. <laughs> that's I, Twitter would be so offended right now. Uh, yeah, as it should be. But maybe Twitter doesn't actually know what's going on on Facebook. I, by the way, don't know what's going on on Twitter. I still do not understand Twitter. What the difference between... Uh, what? It, when I press the home button, what in fact is that? But this is my favorite one, suggested by Christopher, our Facebook friend. He, we, we, by the way, are you interested in this? We have 1,153 members in our Facebook page. It's crazy. Hmm. Christopher, uh, one of those nameless... Uh, I mean, don't you nameless... think after a while our listeners have a hard time thinking up new names? I mean, that would be difficult. <laughs> that's right. I mean, if every one listener guy... is expected to think of a hundred names, that is not easy. i got to give it to our listeners. It's unnatural. I'll give you that. He suggests hashtag spiritual, not religious, uh, nice. which is a good one. Good one, Now, this is, this, my favorite is that I, I, I hashtag that in here. Uh, and it says, "Hence my insistence that I am religious, but not spiritual." And it, and he's, and this is guys hashtag agnostic, hashtag humanist, hashtag spiritual, not religious. Here's, and he's responding to this picture. It says, "Religion is belief in someone else's experience. Spirituality is having your own experience." Mm, fantastic. That's gonna that's gonna be very helpful. Now, is that to say then belief in someone else's experience that this agnostic is spiritual? I mean, is that like just in case? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's having experiences of something bigger. This is all. By by the way, all you need to have an experience is something bigger than yourself. That's what it means to be spiritual. So, like, all of a sudden, you're walking around and you're like, "Whoa, that guy's huge!" There are more people in this world than me. And that counts as a religious experience. <laughs> you're you're walking along no, one day and you, oh yeah, it says spiritual experience. You're walking along one day and you look up at the cloud and you're like, wow, that cloud is big. Let's try to parse what he said. That uh, religion is is what living someone else's experience, but belief in someone else's experience. 
Oh, spirituality is having your own. Now, this is coming from the uh, the worldview that uh, you can only know something for certain if you experience it. Right? So, um, yes. I, yes. Do, I do not know if George Washington existed because I haven't experienced George Washington. I mean, yes. you, who are you to tell me that because you have read a history book about the Delaware or something like that, that uh, George Washington exists? I, I think that is very um, close-minded of you and rather arrogant that you think that George Washington exists. Uh, Unless yeah, I experience true. George Washington for myself, I will never believe in George Washington. Uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. Okay. I suppose this this picture is ridiculous also. But look, it's not... I mean, for heaven's sakes, this... You know, we, we walk around like it's kind of dissatisfied that the Lord has just given us eyes and ears and noses and stuff. And we want more. We want it in this internal sense, you know. And that's the religious sense, the the, the internal religious organ, no, sp- the internal spiritual organ by which we experience spiritual things. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous, just absurd. So, hence, I mean, hence why someone would be an agnostic, then, right? I mean, right, because I because so. because that internal organ is not all that certain. Because you're always wondering, was that the touch of God, or was that last night's burrito? You're never really sure. <laughs> Who's making your burritos, man? <laughs> Here's another one. Hashtag. You have a favorite that you want me to try on this? Uh, yeah, for these suggestions? I, I'm looking at this hashtag World Vision. I think that'll be interesting. All right, let me pull that. Richard, up here. Uh, hey Richard, how's it going? Good to see you, Richard. Hashtag. What was it again? World Vision. Do you think it's going to be something like? Um, uh, your worldview thing? No, no. Uh, this is so. World Vision is that uh, organization that uh, provides all this money, I think, for poor people, and they uh, are a Christian organization. They decided, hey, we're gonna uh, let um, same-sex people uh, or people who are uh, same-sex relationships, same-sex quote-unquote marriages, to work for us now. And then they said, ah, never mind. That was a bad idea. That was a bad PR move. We're taking it back. Hmm. So anything about World Vision in there? Yeah, here's a couple. Uh, I could forgive someone who steals my car, but I'm not going to give them the keys. Hashtag World Vision. I I don't know what that has to do with that. Uh, uh, Issues Etc. came up. Apparently, uh, it says, World Vision abruptly repents two days on homosexual marriage. Interesting radio interview with MZ Hemingway on Issues Etc. Um. You know that uh, issues, etc. That's the other Lutheran radio show. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Heard of uh, hashtag World Vision flip flop reflects again evangelical angst over increasing accept- acceptance of gay marriage. Uh huh. Okay. I'm kind of done with that one. You can pick one now. Uh, let's see. Where my perspective? Yeah, that one's not that exciting. Here's another one. This one is hashtag Warrior Prayers. <laughs> Do you know about this? No. I don't either, but, but I have, it was suggested I have by heard, someone on here. I have heard the inverse before, that so-and-so is a prayer warrior. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yes. Now, this is... I, 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 um, I like that idea of being a prayer warrior more than I like the uh, normal idea of prayer, which is like sitting 
by a lake looking at reflections of daffodils <laughs> while we pray. <laughs> Uh, because the because there prayer is a, a matter of spiritual warfare, as Paul says. You know when he outlines all this uh, armor of God stuff in Ephesians six, and he says, "And by the way, pray." Um, but there must be something else. Giving away five copies of hashtag Warrior Prayers <clears throat> by Brooks Wrights. Um, okay, friends, I'm so excited for the next Warrior Prayers challenge. What's that about? Fun contest going on at the Warrior Prayers Facebook page. Look, Twitter is pointing me back to Facebook. Uh, this must be a really a real thing. We got to do a Google search to figure figure out what it means. You know, yeah, maybe get, an get lumpy and Google together. Sometimes prayer is a simple act of faith in God. We know loves us and wants our good, but that doesn't make it easy. Hashtag Warrior Prayers. Hmm. Or, quote, conversation is the only vehicle through which we experience one another. Prayer is getting to know God. Hashtag warrior prayers. Now there's one you can react to. Uh, yeah. Um, that's false. <clears throat> the reason is <laughs> that idea uh, requires God to speak back. And it just so happens here that in prayer you're not—I um, mean, I'm, the assumption is that someone who says such a thing is not looking for God speaking in his word given to us externally by his spirit, but rather uh, looking for God to speak back through the inner voice, uh, through signs, you know, in the sky or whatever. I I was talking to someone one time that uh, she was thinking about moving to China for some reason, and this was confirmed in her that God was telling her to do this when she turned on her car and some song on the radio had something to do about China. And so that was a sign to her that God was telling her that she should move to China. Now, <laughs> Oops. Now, if you if you live that way, first of all... What was it going to be when, whenever they hear our radio show and it's bumping, play that funky music, white boy? <laughs> we need to go to Rogue River, Oregon to go visit Rogue River. <laughs> Obviously. Duh. <laughs> God is speaking to you. <laughs> uh, see, the, the problem with that is is that, well, first of all, um, God has not promised to speak speak to us in this way. So here you are kind of shooting in the dark and trying to interpret all these signs. Uh, second of all, you're going to have the tendency to read what you want to out of these signs in the sky. So, um, no, actually, prayer is our communication to God, and God has promised in his Son to listen to our prayers. What an amazing promise that, that prayers made in faith in his Son are heard by him, and, and he honors them. That, that's a wonderful promise. But the way that God speaks to us is uh, is through his word. Yep, true enough. Uh, Eli has this one, uh, hashtag born again. Let's try that one. All right. By the way, I just tried hashtag neobailism. <laughs> <laughs> no results. Oh. Uh, let's see. Uh, Black Sabbath, born again. That doesn't get... Um, if I get paid tomorrow, I'll be a happy duckling, born again. <laughs> I don't know what that means. The The birthday the Lord is most interested in is the day you become born again with Christ as your Lord and Savior. Hashtag Ooh. born again. All right, let's hang on to that one. Don't don't click off that page. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio to talk about that. God's telling me to go to the levee. <laughs> Hopefully he's not telling you to be in an airplane crash. 
No offense, but you should listen to Table Talk Radio. Seriously, no offense. What was it again? It's, oh, it is. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Before the break, we were uh, playing uh, Hashtag Theology. Um, oh yeah, we were. We, I think the last one we did was Born Again. What was that? What was that? Last yes, one? this it says this from Pas Hopfan. <laughs> the birthday of the uh, that's the Twitter handle at Pas Hopfan. The birthday of the the birthday the Lord is most interested in is the day you become a born again, a born again. Get that a born again with Christ as your Lord and Savior, spelled with a British U. Hashtag born again. Well, okay, so, I mean, to say a born-again Christian was probably too many characters in the Twitter thing, so we just go uh, a born-again. Um, yeah, that's right. Probably. I, I think that this is true if we understand uh, the being born again as the day of our baptism. <laughs> right. Uh, this, I mean, this is what our Lord is more, more concerned about, not being born into the flesh, because what flesh, what, that which is born of flesh is, is of the flesh. But when we are born of the Spirit, we are a spirit. Um, and, and Jesus says, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Now, wait a minute. Water is involved here? What is going on? Because when I had this born-again experience, no water was, was involved. Well, this might mean, then, that uh, new birth is connected to water like in holy baptism. So now we can understand being born again as being one who is baptized and if we're baptized, the scriptures say that uh, we have salvation. What a, what a thing. Um, or uh, that it forgives sins. Uh, be baptized. This is for you and your children, all who are far off, for the forgiveness of sins. Acts chapter 2. So uh, here we have the promise that uh, baptism bestows the gift of forgiveness. It uh, is as a saving water with the word. And so we'll confess with the scriptures that this is where we have our new life in him. And God is particularly interested in that more than your more than your birthday. I'm writing this. Baptism is rebirth. Hashtag born again. There you I go. got 110 characters. You want me to say something else? Um, no. Love, Evan. <laughs> okay. Tweet was posted. Let's see what happens now. In the last segment of the program, we are going to be playing a little contemporary or traditional. Now, it's oh, been yeah, a while right. since we played this game, and most of our listeners um, probably don't remember how this works. But how this this works is we read a, a hymn stanza, and we try to guess whether the hymn is contemporary or traditional. And Pastor Wolfner, how do we arrive at that information? That the, what was the date? Is I think seventeen fifty is the cutoff mark. Is it not? <laughs> You're a typical yes. grad. I think it's seventeen fifty. That happens to be the day that Bach died. Is that right? That was, by the way, Seems too modern for me. That was the <laughs> that, that was the first time. <laughs> I mean, it started as a joke, but then I'm like, 1750. That's new, man. I am typical for. I, I by the way, do you know this? I'm related to Johann Sebastian Bach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Um, that yeah, was he the died first in time. That was the first time I was called the typical Fort Wayne grad to my face. <laughs> By a sweet old Which LWL when you said, lady. Uh, 
<laughs> because you said that the difference between contemporary and traditional music was yeah. 1750? She was accusing me of not knowing what contemporary worship was, and so I said anything after 1750 was <laughs> was contemporary. There is, by Typical the way, even more crap. A little bit of thought put into that. That is that it is 1750 that kind of marks the move towards the more objective hymns to the more subjective hymns, even in the Lutheran Church, that come later. So that's a, there's a... It's kind of a—I mean, it's it seems kind of obnoxious and somewhat arbitrary, but I'm sure it's not, because we do it on Table Talk Radio, where everything has a point. Right. And here is the first stanza. My song is love unknown, my Savior's love to me, love to the loveless shown that they might lovely be. Oh, who am I that for my sake my Lord should take frail flesh and die? Let me skip to the third stanza. Sometimes they strew his way and sweet and his sweet praises sing, resounding all the day hosannas to their king. Then crucify is all their breath for all their for sorry, and for his death they thirst and cry. You want another one or is that good? Uh that is good. I think now okay. I, I recognize that song and that tune. I can't remember the name of it though. Da 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 uh I, we're not guessing the name of it, though, are we? No, but you could have. Maybe, oh, you think I would know? You maybe could have grabbed if it from I, the I, first stanza if you were paying attention. My song is love unknown. That's what it is. My song is love unknown. Uh, this hymn, I think, has all the marks of kind of the super modern hymn. By the way, uh, it is it is slightly subjective in that it it's a song about my song uh, being unknown. My song is love unknown. But it, is, it also speaks very, very much of the work of Christ. And it talks about how, it talks about the passion of Jesus. How on, on, on um, Palm Sunday, the crowd said, hey, Hosanna. And then, you know, just a few days later, they said, crucify. And it puts you there. So you're the one yelling crucify and all this stuff. So you're, you're, you're like a participant in the crowd on the, at the Passion Week, watching Jesus die for your, your sins. I think this is a pretty new song. I don't think it's ancient. I think it's, I, I bet it's 20th century. So I'm going to I'm going to hazard the guess of uh, contemporary. Really, really, this was written by Samuel Crossman, and uh, he died in 1683. Wow, I was totally wrong about that. When was the music written? 2006. <laughs> Yeah, between 1879 and 1962. So the music that's threw probably, you. Yep. That's what probably threw me off. I wonder how the old tune went. My song is love unknown. My Savior's love to thee. Then I could have pinned it. All right. Uh, the, well. Actually, the uh, I'm looking here, and the, uh, the tune is still under copyright, so I think you just violated copyright law by singing it just now. <laughs> Thanks a lot. That was my new tune. I, by the way, am just copywriting that new tune I just wrote for it. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for Take one. Do you, have, do you have another one there? Yep, yep. Listen to this line. I want you to hear the. Well, I'll, I'll give you a couple stanzas and to get to this stunning line of this hymn. Not all the blood of beasts on Jewish altars slain could give the guilty conscience peace or wash away the stain. But Christ, the heavenly lamb, takes all our sins away. 
a sacrifice of nobler name and richer blood than they. Now listen, this, this is the one, oh man. My faith would lay her hand on that dear head of thine, while like a penitent I stand and there confess my sin. Hmm. Boy, that is not what you expect, is it? Mm. See, you. <laughs> for, forgive me for bringing this in, but... But I mean, it, it, what you expect in the in the praise song <laughs> is that the the hand of faith reaches out and and somehow gives God some kind of a wet kiss or something like that. That's, that's what you get the praise song. <laughs> but here it's about the forgiveness of sins. <laughs> oh, that's right. Wait a it's, minute. It's, it's, so you have the you have the scapegoat picture. Uh, Jesus is a scapegoat. So you know, on the, on the high holy day, the day of atonement, the mm. priest would put his hand on the head of the goat there and confess the sins. And now this hymn is saying. My faith lays my hand on that dear head of thine, of yours, Jesus. My, my, my hand is on your head, Jesus, and like a penitent I stand and there confess my sin. So the right. picture is me with my hand on the head of Jesus, <laughs> confessing my sin. And then listen to what happens in the next stanza. My soul looks back to see the burden thou didst bear when hanging on the cursed tree and knows her guilt was there. Believing we rejoice to see the curse removed, we bless the Lamb with cheerful voice, and sing his bleeding love. Oh my mm. goodness, that is stunning. See, see it's, it's not mystic at all. <laughs> it's not about connecting with God. It's not about getting a feeling. It's not about uh, any of this. It's about the forgiveness of sins. It's about Christ. It's about what He has done to uh, secure our salvation. And 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 that is where our focus should be in these songs, not upon ourselves and uh, getting what we want out of God. I mean, th- this is beautiful. Um, I'm going to say that this one is traditional. It is. This is Isaac Watts, written in 1709. All right. I'm going to go real quickly because we just have about a minute left. This one says, We sing the praise of him who died, of him who died upon the cross. The sinner's hope let all deride, for this we count the world but loss. Let me read another one. Inscribed upon the cross we see in shining letters, God is love. He he bears our sins upon the tree. He brings us mercy from above. What do you think? Wow. Uh, I I bet you that's a, one of these transitional hymns. I'm I don't know, but uh, uh, when that was written, we sing the praise of Him who died. I, I I'm gonna guess that because your first one was traditional, you're gonna I'm gonna think the second one is contemporary, and you are doing a little reverse psychology on me, and that this one is also. Traditional. So I'm going to go with traditional. So you're guessing not on the basis of the content of the hymn, just on pure psychology of your co-host. Oh yeah, that's how I that's how I rule. <laughs> um, actually, this one is contemporary. Oh, you double reversed psychology. <laughs> yeah. When was it written? Uh, it was written. Well, again. LSB only has the the date range of the author, but sixteen or sorry, seventeen sixty nine to eighteen fifty five. Yeah, hmm. so that's a long life. It is something we sing the praise of Him who died. You know, most again to compare with the praise song is mostly about Christ who's risen and Christ who's ascended, the glorious Christ. But here and especially in Lent, we we consider the beauty of the death of Jesus, which is our life. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the 852 people that are friends with Fisk and not me on Facebook. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. 
Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. 